You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, sponsored by Natural Stacks. This is the show everybody who's into performance and biohacking should listen to. If you want to know more about performing optimally, check out OptimalPerformance.com. You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it. I kind of think in some ways, selfishly, that it should remain a secret because it is such an advantage that I kind of want to keep to myself. Natural Stacks. Natural, Natural Stacks. Stacks. Shout out to the guys over at Natural Stacks. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself. All right. Happy Thursday, all you optimal performers. All right. We have a special announcement for you guys today. As you probably know, vitamin C is a highly effective nutrient that plays a critical role in a multitude of processes in the body. In fact, it's what's known as an essential vitamin because it must be obtained from our diet. Unlike most mammals and other animals, humans do not have the ability to generate vitamin C on our own. So again, we have to get it from our diet. However, it can be difficult to get enough high-quality vitamin C in our modern diet. Some fruits and vegetables are good sources, but farming, storage, cooking methods, and even soil quality can seriously deplete the vitamin C content of the foods that we're eating. And our body, again, needs vitamin C for forming the proteins that your skin, connective tissue, and blood vessels are made with. We need vitamin C to help with healing internal and external injuries, developing scar tissue around the wounded areas. And of course, we need vitamin C to fortify our immune system, to maintain the health and function of our cartilage, our bones, and our teeth, and for cellular protection, repair, and regeneration. And that's why we're excited to announce the release of a new Natural Stacks vitamin C combined with chelated zinc glycinate. These two powerful antioxidants play such a critical role in your body's ongoing performance that we couldn't hold off any longer. All right, so we're going to give you the link to buy this. Get ready. This one's kind of a doozy. You can get it at naturalstacks.com slash products slash vitamin C with zinc. There's a dash between vitamin C with zinc. Uh, But don't worry about that. We will have the link in the show notes for today's episode. And again, it's $17.99 for a bottle. Uh, Naturalstacks.com slash products slash vitamin dash C dash with dash zinc. Welcome to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Muncy, and I am pumped to introduce you to today's guest, Mr. Joseph Cohen. Joe, say hello. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us. Hello, everybody. (laughs) So, uh, guys, Joe is the man behind the now uh, growing and famous biohacking website, selfhacked.com. We are in for a treat today with uh, some some real in-depth knowledge uh, and some some secrets uh, from behind the scenes, I guess, uh, is one way of putting it. So um, before we dive in with Joe, uh, today we're going to announce the winner of our Natural Stacks giveaway. Um, congratulations to Greg Stamper. Greg, you are our lucky winner. You are going to get a one-year supply of Natural Stacks goodies. That is our way of saying thank you for giving us a five-star review and showing your love on iTunes. Uh, So guys, just because the contest is over doesn't mean we don't love those reviews. So keep them coming. If you're enjoying the podcast, let us know and let other potential listeners know what a resource we have here for people interested in living optimal. Uh, And as always, show notes can be found at optimalperformance.com. 
for this particular episode, optimalperformance.com slash Joe Cohen, J-O-E-C-O-H-E-N, straight through, all one word. Uh, All right, so before we really get into it, our fact of the day is that sprinting can make you smarter. A recent study in Germany found that even small bouts of high-intensity exercise using sprinting specifically helped increase production of BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic uh, factor, excuse me. And uh, like I said, even even two three-minute sprints separated by two minutes of rest. So three minutes of sprint, two minutes rest, three minutes of sprinting actually increased the production of BDNF compared to non-sprinters. It helped the sprinters learn vocabulary words at a rate of 20% faster than the non-sprinters. So not only are we getting smarter or or have the ability to learn faster when we sprint, uh, but BDNF, that uh, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, is helping to, and we will talk about a lot of this later on with Joe, uh, it improves the function of your neurons. It encourages new neurons to grow, protects them from damage and cell death. It binds to the receptors and the synapses between your neurons. It increases the voltage uh, in your brain, improves signaling strength, and it has been called by Harvard psychiatrist John Rattay, author of Spark, the Revolutionary New Science of Exercise in the Brain, as miracle grow for the brain. So optimal performers, you want to get leaner, you want to get stronger, you want to look better, you want to feel better, you want to get smarter, do your sprints. Okay, Joe, uh, let's dig in, man. Tell, Definitely, let's t- go. Tell us, well, selfhack.com, how, how did you, what, what made you want to start this? How did it get started? Uh, just, just tell us all about it, man. Sure. So basically, um, I've, you know, I'm someone who historically had to deal with like certain issues that the conventional medical establishment can't explain, like, you know, chronic fatigue and things like that. Um, I, you know, brain fog, anxiety disorders. And so the, the conventional medical establishment, they've got SSRIs or, you know, go to a psychiatrist if you're fatigued <laughs> or get more sleep. And, you know, that stuff, um, sleep is extremely important, but um, that wasn't like the whole of my issue and there was other things going on. So uh, then the other thing was, you know, you, you start looking at alternative establishment and that's kind of, um, that has its own, you know, you know, a whole host of things that I don't like about it. I don't like the fact that uh, I think, you know, the alternative establishment is also very dogmatic. They're not scientific enough. Uh, they talk, you know, they, they try to make it, depends who. So it's a huge field, obviously. Anybody who's not, who doesn't identify as conventional is going to be alternative. But um, I realized, like, when I just looked at, the alternative information, the blogs and things like that, I found that um, it just, there was the same information being recycled everywhere. It's, you know, leaky gut, chronic Lyme, uh, candida, the same shit. And it didn't really explain anything. It wasn't scientific. Adrenal fatigue. I mean, these things don't, it's just, these things weren't scientific. I knew they weren't scientific. And, um, but I didn't have like better explanations and I didn't know what was going on. So, you know, um, at some point I just said, okay, that's it. I realized nobody know what, knows what they're talking about really. I'm going to uh, dive into the science myself and try to figure out new things because, uh, you know, at that point I was like, I maxed out on all the information that you could you can know. Okay, yeah, the paleo diet this is what's good. If you, if you have these issues, okay, fine. Um, but, 
I, I felt I needed to, to go a step, like many steps deeper, really understand what was going on myself because I just think the, the field is littered with uh, dogma and, um, you know, hyper-focus. Some, some people are hyper-focused on heavy metals or mold or this, that, or the other. And, you, you know, I, I, you needed, I needed to see it for myself. So I basically went on a long journey where I was just reading the direct science and instead of reading other bloggers... And through that way, I, you know, I have a very um, in, un, unique views about health and things like that. And um, I discovered a lot of things along the way. I'm going to hopefully continue to discover a lot of things. Absolutely. Now, I think you, you kind of touched on something that's a, a bit of a double-edged sword uh, or a catch-22 in this whole quantified self or, or self-hacking uh, niche or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, there are so many different opinions and views out there, and it's it kind of stems. It, it can be confusing for somebody looking for information, but at the same time, the the number of views stems from the fact that it, it's it's always an individual experiment. You have to find what works for you, and it, there's really nothing wrong with, as you said, as long as it can be backed up by science and and you know you have a basis for for what you're doing and what you're saying. Um, but within that science, there can be any number of possible solutions. Um, can you tell us a little bit about specifically what issues you tried to solve and and how you were able to improve your performance? Yeah, definitely. So um, okay, so as far as yeah, once once I was digging into the science, the reason so that's why I started the site to create unique information, but. I asked myself, what do I want this site to be about? And um, I don't think, you know, I, I think everybody's unique. Everybody has different solutions, different problems, and different problems may require different solutions. And that's why we were seeing, I was seeing a whole bunch of contradictory information. These people did amazing with a very high saturated fat, a ketogenic diet, this, that, and the other, while these other people did horrible. And so, um, you know, I, I, I kind of, I'm trying to figure out why are some people doing, instead of, this is right and this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Why are some people doing better with this versus that? And so you need to understand the basic science and the mechanisms. So, um, for example, so what issues did I try to fix? I try to fix chronic fatigue, um, and I try to understand what chronic fatigue is all about. And so, um, and, and not only chronic fatigue, anxiety, and a host of conditions. What are the underlying physiologies? And when you look at a lot of these things, it turns out that they have a lot of the same underlying physiology. It's basically the same, but there's a small difference. And let's say, so let's say chronic inflammation will cause a lot of issues, but there's differences in your, your immune system and other factors, maybe like where your immune system will attack. So some people will have inflammation and they'll have thyroid antibodies. Other people will have inflammation and they'll have it's a slightly different kind of inflammation because the immune system is so complex. So usually the immune system will be off in some ways and that will cause chronic problems. Uh, we can categorize that as inflammation. So um, I have five, big five framework of what different people's health issues are coming from. And that really includes the gamut, in, in, all the chronic diseases that we, that we have here today. Uh, it includes chronic fatigue, brain fog, uh, pretty much any condition. It's just, um, you know, the, whether you get one condition or another will depend on a few genes and your age, because as you get older, things start breaking down. And, you know, let's say the genetics of your immune system and the environment you grew up, there's a whole bunch of factors that could change slightly what's going on. Um, so, yeah, so 
my big five things are chronic inflammation, oxidative stress, uh, CRH or the stress response. So there's a whole bunch of factors that within the stress response. There's a few types of stress responses actually. And there's different factors there that basically, uh, you know, they cause a whole host of health issues and, you know, whether you'll have one thing or another. So we, we, you were speaking about BDNF. One of the things that stress will do is decrease BDNF. They found that in animals and humans and things like that. So um, chronic stress and is, is a real problem. That's number one. And I find that uh, all the, whole, the host of issues that people are dealing with, whether it's the, the people who just have chronic inflammation, they have pains or whatever it is, it's um, the number one. Yeah, so it's the stress response. For example, the stress response can increase uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, via, they found the first hormone in the stress pathway, CRH, in the synovial fluid of people with rheumatoid arthritis. And if you just look at the whole stress response, how it imbalances the immune system, again, that's like number one, um, one of the pillars that I have for the issues that people are dealing with. And... Um, and that also throws off your circadian rhythm. So if you have a chronic stress response, your brain is, is uh, it, it, it's throwing off your circadian rhythm in, in a few ways. But basically, your, your brain is programmed more to, you're more on. And so people have sleep issues via two ways. Number one is they can't shut their brain off. That's, some of that is like kind of hard, hardwired over years of stress. And another thing is, um, you know, it, it, it delays you. It, throws off your circadian rhythm. So you, if your brain's not turning off and your circadian rhythm is, is bad, then you're going to have sleep problems and then you have sleep problems that's associated with every other problem. Yeah. And let me jump in and, and just ask you for a quick solution there. So let's just say, you know, maybe we're not talking uh, all the way down the line to arthritis, but it, you know, we're, this is the optimal performance podcast. We are, a lot of our listeners are hard chargers and people who are, you know, trying to fit as much in and get as much done, uh, in any given day as possible. So, you know, that's going to lead to a lot of stress, uh, a lot of adrenaline, maybe elevated cortisol, things that, as you just mentioned, will, uh, I know, personally running a business, there are times where I have a hard time shutting off and sleeping at night. So, um, if somebody is in that situation, what are a few things that they can do um, to help get better sleep and help lower that stress um, based on what you've found? I see what you're saying. Yeah, so um, I was definitely of that phenotype that you're talking about. Like I was extremely ambitious, wanted to get as many things done as possible. And um, I think the first thing is to realize that uh, you don't need stress to get things done. We think we do, but you don't. So it, it does. The reason we think we do is because it, it does help you get things done in the short run. But in the long run, there's a cost, and that cost. So you're going to be stressed. I, if you if you ever realize if you're stressed, you could get things done in the short term if it doesn't require too much higher level thinking. Mm -hmm. But um, you know you'll get it done, and that's great. But then you're burnt out for like either the next day or that night. And you're just like unmotivated to do anything. It kind of burns you out. So that's in the short run. In the long run, it, it burns you out in different ways. It changes the GABA receptors it, on the CRH neurons. It does like a whole bunch of effects that um, that's why, it, the, 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 you know, it's, if you're stressed for one day, that's not an issue. But if it's chronically over a longer period, then it is. So um, what do I suggest people do about it? So number one is 
changing your biology. I find some people have excess glutamate from a whole bunch of re- for a whole bunch of reasons. It's, there's a laun- laundry list, um, and so you have excess glutamate. Your brain is going to be more on, more active. Uh, in the short run, it could be good, but in the long run, it's not. And in the short run, you want to make sure it's kind of balanced because if it's too much, then you're like too stimulated, you can't focus. So um, number one is I think people have to realize that you're not becoming more successful with your stress. <laughs> um, number two, people have to realize you're going to be ambitious whether you try to be ambitious or not. It, it, you have to like uh, accept basically like who you are and your what you're going to accomplish in life. Like we kind of, I know. So normally, the, the uh, when I hear people talking about like um, optimal, how to get to optimal, I have a very different idea of that. So you'll hear other people say like, "Oh, you want to be optimal? You can do anything. So just whatever you put your mind to, you like you can conquer the world. Uh, you're the best. You're amazing. You're this. You're that. You're other." You're, I find that that wasn't good for me. <laughs> um, I find just like accepting your fate in life, accepting you know your abilities, your natural talents, and things like that. Accepting the way things are, you don't accomplish any less. And in fact, I've accomplished more like that. Just accepting because once you, if you truly accept what your abilities are or something like that, doesn't really require a stress response. Like stress response is you're trying to get to some other place or you're trying to do something. So, um, uh, yeah, so like if you want to accomplish something, a business, whatever it is, I don't feel like, I, I feel like if you're a competent person and you're naturally hardworking, which is not, you're not going to change that by your stress response because it could help you in the short run, but it's going to kill you in the long run. Right. So I, I, even for productivity's sake, so I think realizing just Hey, this is this stress response is not something that's good for me. It's yeah, and um, and then once you realize that, and and then also making sure your biology is good because you have to fix that, um, and then then the, there's there's other ways after that. Yeah, I want to. I just want to highlight the, the 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 clarification that you have in there, where you know it's not that we're just we're not laying down, we're not settling and accepting our lot in life. You, you, you did specify that, you know, that's for somebody who is a hardworking, motivated, aspirational person, you know? So it's just, you know, you can, you can accept that in time you do the work and things will happen. You don't actually have to stress about it, but, but you, but you are still doing the work and moving forward. Yes. So exactly. I I just don't want anybody to miss that part of it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You Uh, are doing the work, Yes. let me give you an example, right? So me, I felt like, oh, I'm, I was thinking, you know, oh, I'm, I'm, you're thinking about the future. You're thinking about what you're going to accomplish. That actually wastes time. That's not how you're going to get things done. That only increases stress. So thinking about the future, trying to, trying to do something, trying to push yourself in a way, this is counterintuitive, but trying to push yourself more than, than you naturally can is, is a problem. So that doesn't mean you shouldn't push yourself. People, that's, that's the problem. People could really get tripped up there. I'm yeah. not saying not to push your limits. I'm always pushing my limits, but it's done in a natural way. So, for example, if I told you don't do anything for the day, um, at a certain point, you're going to get tired of just doing nothing. <laughs> right. You're going to be like, I got to do something. So what I say is harness that energy from not wanting to be bored rather than trying, to, trying too hard to do something, whereas you'll try – Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to do something. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to be something. Everybody wants to, you know, expand their horizons. 
So you'll do it naturally. Yeah. You don't have to force yourself. To, to me, that's a very Eastern philosophy as opposed to the typical <laughs> Western philosophy. Uh, I, I am a huge fan. One of my favorite books, it's probably one of the only books that I've read or, or listened to three or four times is uh, Tao Te Ching. Uh, uh-huh. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that or not, but it's, it's very much uh, doing by not doing. Um, exactly. It's that same kind of philosophy. So, uh, yeah, yeah and, and, um, and this philosophy, by the way, a lot of it comes from Zen. And the, mm-hmm. uh, the Japanese at the time, I, you know, I, I was reading that it was, it was a very high-pressured environment. And um, like they were, I think it was like the samurais, mm-hmm. and they had to perform. And they developed the Zen philosophy in order to help with that performance. How? Because it actually increases it when you're, not, when you're just focused on what you're doing instead of trying some trying to create some grand thing <laughs> you will create it if that's if that's what you're going to do in life yeah and and to relate this back to performance uh, i mean nothing great is a flash in the pan greatness is is all about consistency and longevity and as you're saying we want to be able to do this for the long haul. So we're looking for a sustainable way of exactly. performing. You know, maybe we're not performing at a hundred percent, but if we can perform at ninety percent every single day for the rest of our life, instead of a hundred percent, zero percent, fifty percent, a hundred percent, zero percent, we're we're looking for that balance of of consistent high performance. That's part of it, but I also think that um, like. If you actually want to do great work, great work isn't done when you're under stress. No. So the, everybody's naturally like you're. If you, I'm an, I'm for getting into a flow state. So, but and and a flow state you need kind of some stimulation, but it's stimulation, not stress. So right. You, you know, you get in the zone. That's what I'm for. When you yeah. get in the zone, you're extremely. Uh, you know, you're extremely productive. You have to have than, you have yeah. to have that time and space to operate and to think to get into the flow state. And if you're stressed, if you're like, I got to do this now, and I really, you can't really get into the flow state as much. It's kind of, mm-hmm. it's 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 a, it's a bit of a different state when you're when you're too stressed. And and I don't. That's why I'm saying I don't think it's actually operating on ninety percent. I think I was actually I'm actually operating on a, on a higher level, especially if you want to do great work. You know, if you have a design, a creative challenge do this in two hours, it's not going to work. You, somebody, you know, the best ideas come when you're not thinking about it. Exactly, exactly. So I don't view it as operating at 90%. I actually view it as operating at 110%. And, um, you, know, you, know, you, don't, you don't need that stress response to do great work. Okay, that's awesome. Now, let's go back. You, you mentioned uh, fixing biology and that a lot of people have too much glutamate. Uh, how does that happen, and and how can people lower glutamate in in their body and in their system? So you have to um, attack the underlying cause. So one of the biggest causes of glutamate, people don't realize it. They, you know that you could think like, oh, glutamate, it's from MSG or something, monosodium glutamate, <laughs> or um, glutamate, you know, either from food. We're eating too much glutamate food. Actually, glutamate is mainly coming from. Um, you know, so number one is the stress response. <laughs> if you have a stress response, you're going to overactivate glutamate. And so again, it kind of, you know, you it's, do feel more awake, more stimulated, yeah. but um, that's going to come crashing down. And uh, so that's the, the other one. The other big one is, let's say, oxidative stress or inflammation. So people, um, we see oxidative stress, elevated levels in a lot of these anxiety conditions and um that's why the people i deal with a lot of people i consult with and coach they're you know they have like uh 
issues, chronic health issues. So people with like chronic fatigue syndrome are known to have high levels of anxiety. And the underlying cause is, is not like, uh, you know, if you go to a psychiatrist, it's kind of like, if you go to a doctor, they say, oh, you have anxiety and you're fatigued, it's your anxiety. But the underlying cause of both of them is oxidative stress. So if you have too many free radicals, if, it's not the, necessarily even the number, it's, it's how your body controls them. So there's this balance of free radicals and your ability, the internal ability of your body to control them in different ways. Some of them, sometimes it's through polyphenols or supplements or things like that. But your, your mitochondria has its own antioxidant defense systems and different things like that. So um, if you have too much oxidative stress, you're going to have too much glutamate. Uh, if you have chronic inflammation, you're going to have glutamate. And then there's a whole bunch of causes of these things. I mean, um, so I, even if, if you're just like overweight, which is an issue with a lot of people, it, it tends to correlate with interleukin-6, and interleukin-6 is going to get secreted from like fat cells. And what does interleukin-6 do? It decreases BDNF. That's so like inflammation. Um, uh, and then, and uh, yeah, and, and basically that's going to activate your stress response, even if you're not psychologically stressed. So it's going to increase glutamate like that. So I mean, the point is, is there's so many factors that increase uh, glutamate. But the biggest ones are, you know, from chronic inflammation, oxidative stress, and how are you getting these things also? So, for example, anytime you disrupt your circadian rhythm or you, you're not sleeping enough, that causes excess glutamate. And so people know if you don't have a good night's rest, are you as tranquil as you were when you had a great night's rest? No. I mean, you're more on the edge if somebody says something to you. Depends how little sleep. If you get two hours of sleep, you're not going to be a happy camper. I know I'm not. <laughs> right, right. And, and, you know, as you talk through a lot of these different scenarios, uh, you know, our body has these feedback loops and, and cycles. And, and a lot of these things are, are vicious cycles that almost perpetuate and build and, and, and you know, perpetuate themselves. And, and the same thing, you know, the way they work in a negative sense, they can also work if you get things going positively. So uh, it's almost like the, the, the laws of physics where, you know, when it gets in motion, it just it, it keeps going and it's hard to slow it down and hard to reverse that. 100%. Each one of the five major causes that I have, the stress response, circadian rhythm, oxidative stress, inflammation, um, each, each one of these things, they, they, uh, it, they independently cause the other one. Mm -hmm. So if you've got one, it's going to cause the other four. If you've got, you know, so they all, and usually you have all of them together in some ways because they all interact. And so it's a, it, it, I call it like a vortex. Like once you get in, you're just like spinning around. But then once you – then you have to introduce a whole bunch of measures to get out and then, again, it's, it's, you're in a safer zone and, and you're not in you – know, you're, you're on you're, – it's a downhill slope from there. I know this is going to be a, a really almost impossible question to ask, so I'll try to phrase it in a way that, that you know, gives you a, an easy way to answer it. But from a, you mentioned supplements uh, in a way to, to kind of help combat some of these things, polyphenols, uh, different supplements. So, so from a diet or supplement standpoint, do you have any go-tos or must-includes uh, for somebody trying to combat or, or you know, either prevent that cycle, keep the good one in, in motion, uh, or to get out of the, the negative side of that? Right. So the way I go about this, I, number one is there's usually, so even though there's five main causes and they're, you know, they're all, you know, feeding into the other ones, um, there's, there's, for each person, there's usually one that's most salient, most uh, important for that person. And so I have to look at 
which one is the you know which which one of these main things is the the, the person's main issue, and uh, once you find that, um, you can definitely you know start honing in on which supplements are the best. So if somebody has a circadian rhythm issue, um, taking forscolin in the morning right when you wake up. So if you take Siltep or something like that, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, it will help reset your circadian rhythm because the cyclic AMP is one of the main ways that the circadian rhythm is reset. So it's also important when you take it. You want to take it right in the morning rather than you know when you want to reset your circadian rhythm. So that's if somebody has a circadian rhythm issue. Um, you know, if somebody ha- also has like very low hormones, Siltep and Forskolin mm-hmm. generally increase mm-hmm. all the main hormones. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's something that can give you people a boost because a lot of these hormones combat oxidative stress and inflammation. So even though I don't consider hormones one of the big ones, if you normalize your hormones, that's going to help you a lot. Uh, so the point is, um, as far as supplements go, I mean, there are some main ones that I definitely, um, uh, you know, I, I definitely uh, focus on. And uh, just one of the generic ones, for example, would be magnesium. So if you so uh, since we're talking about anxiety and things like that, magnesium is a natural NMDA antagonist, which means it blocks the over excitation of neurons from glutamate. So the neurons aren't as excited when you do have that glutamate. So so I view um, magnesium as the as you know taken in therapeutic dosages as a kind of drug rather than are you deficient in it or not. It's one of the you know. If stress is your main thing, you want to focus more on magnesium to mm-hmm. kind of shut your brain down and other things as well. Um, things like uh, the adaptogens, they, they lower the stress response like rhodiola, schizandra, eleuthero, and there's certain kinds you want to mm-hmm. take of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, th- but those, if you have an immune system problem, they could boost your immune system in some ways. Um, but overall, I wouldn't call them the strongest anti-inflammatories. So if you had an inflammation problem, I'd focus more on something like long vita curcumin, the, the curcumin that gets into the brain. And so um, depending on what – but these, these supplements are generally good for most people because we have some degree of, uh, you know, we're, we're too activated in this society, so the adaptogens are usually good. And they also decrease inflammation in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so – um, our circadian rhythm is usually broken to, to one degree or another. So for scolin is, is generally, it could be a good thing if you have the dosing right and, um, uh, you know, you, you take it in the morning, right when you wake up. Um, and, uh, yeah, so basically, I mean, but, uh, magnesium is, is a fix that, uh, will help with a lot of these issues, energy production, um, w- with all, yeah, a lot of these issues. And, and you want to make sure like, uh, you, you had a adequate zinc that actually can increase GABA, acetylcholine. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a good one. But but there's I mean yeah there's a whole host of supplements. Um, I think another good one that's in, good in general is high maize for resistant starch. Mm-hmm. So um, it, that you know resistant starch increases butyrate, which causes the expression of genes. It has it's basically good for you know a whole host of issues, and it really. Um, it also helps, it calms you down. Yeah. 
So, you know, just for our listeners, we, we have not coached you at all, or I didn't coach you at all on any of those answers or what to say. So love the fact that you're a big fan of Siltep. Uh, the magnesium being uh, a big favorite of yours is awesome. Um, Natural Stacks has an incredible MagTech uh, product. Um, and also you just, at the very end there, you mentioned resistant starches. So uh, have you tried the Prebiotic Plus from Natural Stacks? I have not, no. Okay. Um, we'll, uh, what is, I mean, We'll have to remedy that. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> we we can we can get you some. Uh, but okay. but it's uh yeah, for all the reasons you just mentioned, um you know, it, it's like you said resistant starch, we're going to increase butyrate production, help relaxation. Uh you know, recommended best practices are going to be take it um in the evening, 30 to 60 minutes before you go to bed. Um magnesium is best taken at night also, zinc in the morning. Um so okay, cool. Well, I was not expecting to get into Siltep that early on and that fast, but uh, it may come back up in the next portion of what we're going to talk about. So, um, you know, you recently had uh, a blog post talking about not using paracetam or, or anything in the racetam family. Um, I think in the in our world of hacking and nootropics and smart drugs, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, we can separate it out into nutraceuticals, things like Siltep or, or things that are more supplement form uh, versus uh, kind of things that may be classified as pharmaceuticals, whether it's ProVigil or Racetams. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, how that can contribute to brain fog, which is one of the uh, issues that you mentioned earlier, uh, but any other reasons that, that maybe people want to think twice about the Racetam family. Okay, yeah. So um, my my post against the the Rastams has kind of made me the enemy of the state in the uh, nootropic community. Uh, one guy on Reddit was like, uh, somebody posted a different post of mine, and one guy's like, that guy. <laughs> He he did a smear campaign against Parastem. How could you like? How could you even think about posting a different post? It was like, what? What does that have to do with what I just wrote? Um, but anyway, yeah. So I'm kind of like an, the enemy of the state in the nootropic community. Um, and uh, so, but as far as I, I think it's I'm misunderstood. Also, um, I'm not really against the Rastams per se. I, I just think that. Um, I, I personally didn't have good effects from it, and there's I, I when I when I didn't have I was encountering other people that didn't have, and so I decided to put together all these case reports because um, I just felt there was you know people were treating it like vitamin C or something like yes. uh, it's not possible that this can cause any negative effect whatsoever, and uh, this is like the safest thing you can ever try, and people don't understand that if something lacks to toxicity, it doesn't mean it's safe. It could it could mess up your brain, but it won't be toxic to your liver. <laughs> right. So uh, people like to say that it's not toxic. It isn't toxic in that sense. Like, um, you know, it's, uh, but it, it does play around with the brain. And anytime, whenever you play around with the brain, if it's doing something positive in the brain, you should be really careful. And um, so I'm not against Parastam if somebody uses it. There are people who use it, and so this changed my life. So yeah, if that happened, then... Right. <laughs> the, the thing I took, and, and it's, it's in the first paragraph, is you know even the quote that you begin the post with is you know it's it's all about how it affects you, how it works for you, uh, exactly. and we already touched on that once in this in this talk is uh, don't don't use something or do something just because so and so or or everybody's doing it. It's you know. Exactly. 
test it on yourself, assess, see how it works. Um, I, I go ahead. If it doesn't work, then 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 don't say like, oh, there must be. I must have had a bad batch. No, if it's not working, I never say that with anything. <laughs> right. If it's not working, it means you know people aren't people. The the press the rest times on the market are not. I don't know if they're all good, but I've tried a few companies, and that's not the issue. The quality control is not the issue. It's um, it's just that some people people respond differently. Um, yeah, and and the most common negative uh, effect is brain fog. The one that I've seen. Yes. Um, uh, I have you know again it's. I've spoken to Steve Falks on this. He's the author of the Smart Drugs book. Yes. And um, he, he's like the world expert on Prastem. He takes like uh, 10 grams a day. I mean, he's been researching this stuff for many years. He knows this stuff. And I had an interview with him and I asked him. Um, I actually didn't include it in the interview because I was speaking to him about it beforehand. And um, I asked him, I said, so what do you think? Why do you think I had a negative effect from it? Or do you think... You know, I should take it or something like that. He's like, no. He's like, if he's like, I see it all the time. If you, if if every everything is individualized, and if you have a negative effect from it, you know, it's not good for you. He's like, I can't explain why, but he said there's a lot we don't know about it. So I think that's what we have to keep in mind. We we say, oh, this is the safest thing out there. Yeah. There's really a lot we don't know about it. Yeah, I think that's the important note to make. There is that even the 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 expert. The world's expert on this is saying, look, there's a lot we don't know about it. And, and I think that's where when we break down nootropics into either nutraceuticals or pharmaceuticals, I think the things that are more in that gray area, like a ProVigil or uh, the Racetams, it is. We, we don't necessarily know. We don't have all the answers. We don't necessarily know why it doesn't work for some people. So Yeah, um, we don't, and we don't know completely how it does. Even like even the most famous drugs, we still, we're, you know... SSRIs, they still are not sure how each one, each of them work. I mean, there's a lot of research showing it does this, that, and the other. But even the most popular and well-researched pharmaceuticals, we still don't know a lot. We don't know what's going to do to you in 50 years. Um, and, and, yeah, we just don't know. And so with the SSRIs, a lot of people started getting, you know, sexual dysfunction. <laughs> like, uh, you know, we didn't... We didn't really uh, figure that out completely, uh, and even now, you know, a lot of people will say like, "No, it's it's there's no evidence for that." Yeah. There it, is. I mean, <laughs> and if and if you're using SSRIs to to treat depression, it's hard to be less depressed if you have now become uh, sexually uh, exactly. dis dysfunctional. <laughs> exactly. Um, so so on that note, uh, you know, l let's talk a little bit about what some of your favorite nootropics may be. Uh, I'm not that big into like classical nootropics, like so obviously not the the Rastams. Um, like like which one? I mean, let's see. I'm not. I, I'm more into. I, I think if you make the body work uh, right, then your system is going to function optimally. Mm -hmm. And um, there's, there's certain key things that we're not doing. So um, again, I don't. I'm not sure. Like I just feel like the people. The people who are functioning right, we don't. They don't need to really turn to um, these, you know, these, uh, these like uh, the Rastams and things like that. It's I, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm very into the science, but I'm also into like, okay, if we've been using something for thousands of years, like Forskolin, mm -hmm. um, and it, and it's more, it's kind of more natural. I'm a little more comfortable with that now. Right. I don't mind taking drugs. Like I'm not, a, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those people. <laughs> But um, 
I just uh, like like which what kind of well, uh, tropics are you talking about? Let me see if I can kind of uh, yeah. I'll, I'll throw back at you what I'm hearing you say, and you tell me if this is correct. So, um, based on what you said earlier, where where you know we talked about people forcing the issue and, and pushing themselves into stress to try to get more done. Uh, maybe that's, that's the same approach as somebody who's, who wakes up every morning and says, I've got to pop, you know, 10 different nootropics or, or smart drugs so that I can, so that I can be that and, and, you know, exactly. try to be the Tasmanian devil. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. I mean, um, you know, amphetamines help people in the short term too, and they just don't in the long run. So I'm not saying it's the same about the Rastams. I think the people who they are truly helping. So Rastams are known to increase oxygenation of the brain, and you know, if you if you got sleep apnea, it's it's for sure a good thing to take. So, right. but if you really don't have like any, like if you really, I don't I don't see anybody really taking care of themselves the way they're supposed to. Um, but I, I think if you Are, then you don't need these nootropics. I think you know, uh, curcumin has things that um, we've evolved with it for thousands and thousands of years. Um, so I think things like that are, are fine if you're healthy to take. But um, the Rastams, I mean, it's just like I wouldn't recommend anybody take, you know, any kind of necessarily like, you know, some people take memantine or something like that. If you're taking enough magnesium, that is, that's nature's natural NMDA antagonist. So, mm-hmm. um, I feel like um, I'm not that big into uh, nootropics per se. You're kind of a like a, a minimal effective dose, uh, you know, take the minimum number of things that you need to do to get to baseline and, and perform at your, your natural, the way you're supposed to kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, I guess um, exactly. So I'm not in favor of taking the Rastams or like other things like NSI 189 <laughs> or, you know, I, but if you ask me individual ones, um, yeah. maybe, you know, I don't know what you consider a nootropic. Uh, um, all right. Well, well, let's kind of, we'll shift that question in a different way. Do you have morning routines? Uh, oh, okay. Or, so or, I do take a, a good amount of this up. <laughs> okay. So, so what do you, what do you do? What, what works for you? So I, again, I get the most bang for my buck, um, not for su- from supplements, but you know, since they're easy to take and they're cheap, um, I do get uh, good effects. Um, I get good effects from different devices, such as infrared. I make sure, and infrared is is not something that's you know just increasing your performance per se. It's kind of, it's. It, I've spoken to Dr. Michael Hamblin, the the expert in this in infrared and laser therapy, and it's something that works on all the main problems. So it decreases oxidative stress and inflammation, and we naturally get infrared from uh, the sun and from a fire. So through history, we've been exposed to infrared and, and that's what I'm saying. We're, like, we're drawn to it. We're, we're, yeah. we're drawn to both of those things. Exactly. You know? So infrared is like something that I'm big into. Uh, that also, again, that also increases mitochondrial energy and function, exactly, right? So, yeah, exactly. so how, how exactly are you using it? I use it all over on my head, on my uh, thymus like, gland, on my like, thyroid. Do you, do you have a, like a, 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 like lights or machine or like, what do you I have various devices? So, <laughs> There's two. There's 850 nanometers and 660 nanometers as like the main spectrums. And say those. Uh, say those one more time for our listeners. 660 yep. and 850. They have different effects. So I make sure to get both of them. The 850 goes deeper into the tissue, and so I like to do that. And uh, really, one of the, um, uh, I you know I, I really so I've heard about it before, but really somebody who 
uh, spearheaded this approach and using it in the brain was a you know a fellow on on Longa City. So Los Falco, he was big into he he has a whole group of people using it on the brain, and there's not a lot of information. So I'm happy he did that. Um, but I also spoke to again the, the the top Harvard researcher in this field, and he says he uses it on his brain too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> um, yeah, so I use that. So uh, so like what's what's that. the device? Where can our listeners pick one up? Um. There's a bunch of devices that you can get. I have a few of them. Again, so you can buy like expensive ones that are like 500 bucks that have been marketed. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need that. I think you just need some cheap LEDs that give off uh, infrared. So I have, um, you know, I, let's see. So I have uh, one that you can put up your nose. I, I, you know, exactly. I have like links on my website, but pretty okay. much um, uh, there's like if you go on Amazon and Type in CCTV. Um, that's like a, the cheap one that people are using, and it does work. So um, the, you know, uh, and I, and then I have one that's called the light relief one. Um, but again, it's not. It, it, I like that because you can uh, kind of shape it to your head and shape it to different spots. So it, it's a be, it's got a better form factor. Um, and then I have a grow light, which has a, like 96 LEDs on it, and that gives off 660 nanometers. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things, a um, bunch of links, uh, but you don't need to get any like brand name or anything like that. If you get cheap ones, they're just as good. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll grab some of those links and put them on the show notes, uh, so that listeners can can pick those up if they want to. Great. Okay. Yeah. So oh, uh, so let's see what else. I mean, so there's infrared. I have a device called uh, the Isis that I use. Um, I use it again. I use it all over. Uh, it's like a PEM, PEMF device, pulsed electromagnetic frequency device, and uh, magnetism has also a bunch of beneficial effects. And we kind of evolved with magnetism as well. But this has, um, you know, does it help every issue out there? Not necessarily. But I use it for what I use. I use it on my gut to stimulate stimulates uh, the parasympathetic nervous system. I think it stimulates digestion, makes me feel more awake. I use it on my thyroid. Um, I use I I like the infrared. By the way, you could also use on your testes uh, to increase testosterone. So um, <laughs> I I spoke to Dr. Hamblin about that. I'm like, am I going to decrease my fertility here? He said, no, you're actually going to increase it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the ice. I mean, basically any place you want to put the ice. It's mainly used for wound healing and stuff like that. Uh, like a bone, so uh, you know, I, I and that's a one of the, one significant cause of people who are having chronic problems. They'll have an injury somewhere, and then you're going to have chronic inflammation. So you have to fix that injury. So um, I use it on my brain as well to increase wakefulness. Um, so the devices I'm a big fan of, and um, I like to use a sauna. I do cold showers. Um, now saunas, yeah. uh, infrared or regular. Regular is good, but I happen to use an infrared. Okay. Um, I mean, th th so I really do focus on lifestyle, but if you wanted to like talk about supplements, you know, there's a couple of good ones that are good for people, like PQQ is generally a good one. Okay. Um, How do you yeah. get your PQQ? Through supplement, uh, uh, like, at which company? Yeah, like which, which supplement are oh, you using? It, it doesn't make a difference. It doesn't? Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, you get it from a reliable company and the, the you know... <laughs> um, They'll, you know, it's, I haven't found, I found that um, the main reliable companies are good. Okay. I, I, yeah, it's, I, I'm, it's not, some supplements make a difference. PQQ is not one of those. Okay. 
Okay. Um, well, let's let's shift gears a little bit and uh, let's let's revisit the the BDNF that we were talking about a little bit earlier. So um, again, for for people listening, if you're not familiar with it, brain derived neurotrophic factor. Um, tell us a little bit about how you got uh, interested in this and and where all that stems from for you. Okay, so I'm not. I mean, BDNF is 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 critical, and uh, I guess I did more research into it once I found that I had a BDNF gene on 23andMe that produced lower levels. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Um, but I, I, I've done research on it over a long time because it's known to have a bunch of beneficial, uh, beneficial effects. But I got more into it once I did the 23andMe and I found, uh, so I wanted to make sure that I'm, I'm producing BDNF well. And so, so again, just for our listeners, like you know, 23andMe, if you're not familiar with that, you can actually find out your, your genotype. Um, and, yeah. and, and all of the, the information that you need to know about yourself so that you can know how you work, how you tick and supplement for you. Uh, exactly, exactly. And, um, I, I do, I'm doing quite a bit of research on, on the, the SNPs of 23andMe, which nobody mm-hmm. seems to be doing. I mean, they, they, they'll focus on like MTHFR or something, but I'm focusing on a lot of other SNPs and I'm actually working to uh, make a program, so it's kind of like that genetic genie program, but a much better one. So I'm I'm, I'm looking to do something like that. Very cool. And um, yeah, and and uh, I also you know sometimes I, I help people uh, interpret it, but I do think that the main thing that people need to focus on is uh, you know I I think the lifestyle and things like that really um, that's how you optimize your genes. The you know um, even though I, I think it's good, it's always good to know more information about you. So it can do that. Um, so I do like that as well. So I always, you know, when, when I read things and, and look at things, especially the, the more scientific it is, the more I try to figure out how to relate it to, uh, you know, the, the, the average person who doesn't want to read boring scientific literature. And, and to me, you know, with, with BDNF, if it's miracle growth for the brain, if it's helping you form those new neural connections, um, yeah, especially throughout life. In other words, you know, you're learning new things, you can tackle new obstacles, um, and, and expand your horizons and, and, you know, broaden you, who you are. Um, you know, to me, that sounds a lot like somebody like a Tim Ferriss, who's, who's always doing new things and, and conquering new things. And I think that's, that's the phenotype, as you mentioned earlier, of a lot of our listeners where, you know, they want to do everything, whether it's climb Mount Everest or base jump or whitewater raft or, you know, whatever, whatever. So, um, uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, what, what you found, uh, how it affects, uh, you know, intelligence, sleep, weight loss, um, performance. Okay. Yeah, sure. So, um, BDNF actually will help increase weight, uh, weight loss. Mm-hmm. So that's good for that. You want to make sure if you're trying to lose weight, your BDNF is good. Um, it's good for a variety of cognitive functions. We know that. Uh, so they, you know, they've done studies that like, um, you know, flights, uh, air, air uh, pilots were able to, um, the people who are higher BDNF producers genetically, they kind of remember their, uh, their training better. Um, you're better at, uh, driving, uh, so people who are lower BDNF producers are worse drivers, <laughs> and I guess I could uh, I, I could confirm that one. <laughs> um, are you a bad driver? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, but it's okay. You live in New York City. You don't have to drive. Exactly right. So I don't really drive much now. Uh, but yeah. So um, and and also like uh, you know it could help you 
learn, know directions better and in some ways be more spatially, um, you know, good spatially. Yeah. So uh, what else does it do? I mean, uh, so one surprising thing that I researched that I didn't know before was that it's critical for, it's, very, it's not critical, but it's important for slow wave sleep and also your circadian rhythm. So, um, it, so it helps set your circadian rhythm. That's number one. Um, and it improves your sleep as well. So the slow wave sleep and the people who were higher producers had more slow wave sleep than pe- people who were okay. uh, lower producers and um, changes your EEGs, uh, the mental, the, 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 you know, the EEG numbers for different waves. Um, and so overall, I mean, it's definitely, you, you want to be a higher BDNF producer. Um, and then it decreases your risk for like depression, a bunch of diseases like Alzheimer's. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and, and it also actually makes you more social. So you mentioned that, that your genes have you as kind of genetically predisposed to, to being a low producer. Um, yeah. We mentioned as our fact of the day that, that high-intensity exercise, sprinting, um, and of course with that would be high-intensity resistance training, um, can actually help increase it. And, and it's funny that you mentioned some of the things you mentioned in terms of cognitive performance because you know they found in that same study that uh, 20% greater vocabulary retention with, with new words. Right. So w- aside from exercise, um, what have you found to help increase BDNF? So, um, I mean, living a healthy lifestyle is basically critical. Um, people who, number one, are more social, things like that, and more stimulated is, you know, you're going to have higher BDNF. So the rats who are more stimulated with a variety of, you know, uh, things, and, and they had higher BDNF. So if you're not, like, using your brain in the day, that's number one. So, so get off the couch, stop watching TV all the time. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So um, being active in your mind and body is yeah. like critical, okay. increasing BDNF. And then, you know, making sure your sleep is good, that you're not stressed out, that you're getting sun um, and cold and heat increase in, in like, uh, you know, in animals, in some animal studies, caloric restriction, um, intermittent fasting, cognitive stimulation, like I discussed. And um, those are like, you know, those are the main things. And then there's some foods like blueberries and things like that, honey and prebiotics um, and uh, fish oil. So eating fish, adequate fish, a ketogenic diet can help with that, um, with BDNF and uh, high sugar and high saturated fat diet in, in animal studies show, meaning when it's a high sugar and a high saturated fat, not just, I'm not talking about like a ketogenic diet or something. Right, right. Uh, that that could help uh, cocoa, so I like to eat chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and those are like the main uh, the main foods and lifestyle. So if you really keep to that stuff, um, you don't necessarily need supplements. But I happen to take some, like uh, curcumin will help with that. Um, Very cool. And yeah, and and PEMF increases uh, BDNF. So I'm really doing a lot of things that increase BDNF. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, so one, one more really big question. And uh, again, this one may be one that's tough to answer, but, uh, you know, you, anything you can do to, to give us insight on this would be greatly appreciated. And I'm sure people are curious to know, where do you think this self-hacking biohacking movement is going in the next three to five years? 
I think it's only going to get bigger. I think uh, people are. I, I think society is keep on it, it keeps on getting sicker. So, disease. Pretty much all the diseases are going up, and people are getting sicker earlier. Uh, people who are not into health, they're not. They're usually not. There's something. You, uh, the, you know, the, people have a lot of problems, and I ask people. You know, I ask around. I do research. You just look at the numbers. You're like, okay, so depression. You know, one out of five people will have major depression, or they have, or um, you, you go through the gamut of diseases, and people are have are coming down with everything, and um, and and I just feel like it's only going to grow as you know as as the newer generation gets older and their body breaks down more. So every generation, it's it's getting worse. Where um, because the things our parents did are affecting us as well, and I think um, the best way really to feel optimal is to start. You know, start doing things that are you know, start living a lifestyle. Start, um, you know, doing things that um, will 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 make us perform optimally. And um, I think a lot of you know, a lot of the only way really to uh, you know, I think self hacking is a very good way to know if something's working for you. So it's it's about knowing the basics, starting off with the basics, and then tweaking it based on your life, your what suits you, and um, and so I think it's only going to grow. That's my opinion. Okay. I, I would agree with that. I think that's a really cool answer. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I'm lucky enough to have, have a great mentor who, who has taught me and, and some other guys that, uh, you know, uh, every strength comes from or usually comes from something that was once a deficit. And, and in my great fortune of being able to interview people like yourself and, and many others, almost everyone got into whatever their area of expertise is because it was a deficit for them at some point. And I think the more people do that, the more it's going to push that whole movement forward. And, and as you said, the more people get sick, the more people we're going to have, you know, figuring things out and, and sharing that knowledge and information. So. Yeah. And it's, and, and as society also changes to more of a performance-based society, meaning, you know, to some degree capitalism is performance-based, but um, I think like, you know, we, we used to be more, the, the unions used to be much bigger. And so mm-hmm. you don't really need to perform well if you're in a union. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, you're, you're uh, protected. You, you're now in a situation where you've got to add value. Exactly. Uh, uh, if you've got like a government job, most government jobs, uh, you know, uh, there's a bunch of jobs that are more, prote- if you have certain degrees, you're kind of protected and, um, you don't need to perform, but as society goes on, it seems like you know the unions are going down and things like. I'm not against unions, or <laughs> like I'm not anti-union or anything like right. that. I'm just saying like we're moving into more of a performance-based society, even though it's not close to it right now. Um, you know, but it's you know you, you need to perform in order to 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 really to make money and to make money in, in a decent way. I mean, if you're going to be screwing people over all day, maybe you'll make some money. But if you want to make money morally, you want to help people and right, produce products, right. good products. You need to function well, yeah. and um, so I, I think as we move towards that economy, and as you know, just in time, and the our health gets worse, and uh, our environment gets worse, we just have to. People are just going to be flooding into this uh, this area, and that's why we see it so big in Silicon Valley because they they don't have unions there. <laughs> they, they <laughs> right. Gotta, they got to perform. We see the software programmers, they're not protected by degrees or anything. It's can you do this or not? And if you can't, if you're not good at this, we don't want you. See ya. <laughs> right, right. So, well, yeah, that's why I think it's just going to go up. 
Um, all right. Well, we've gone way over. Um, I, I appreciate your time, Joe. Before we let you go, two more things. One, where can people find more of you? So they could go to my blog, uh, selfhacked.com, S-E-L-F-H-A-C-K-E-D. And I have, you know, I, I write a lot about cutting edge stuff like that's not spoken about in other places. Uh, you know, none of it's recycled. It's, it's all original, straight from the, you know, the scientific arena. Or I'll say, you know, this is my, my theories. But um, yeah, so a lot of cutting well, edge content. And I'll back up the original thing. I mean, what, what have we all, we, we've hit in this episode, unions, testes, lasers, magnets. <laughs> um, oh, no, no. So uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, um, I, 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 I think uh, people who are interested in, in, in really learning more and learning it on a deeper level, I think they would like my blog. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Now, the last question, the one that every guest answers, your top three tips to live optimal. Uh, I would say take care of your circadian rhythm. So it's, uh, that's a mouthful, but, um, and it's not people, the way people think. So it's, it's restricting light at night. It's, um, uh, blue light or even completely getting rid of it. That's, that's what I do. And, um, so, and, and, you know, uh, not eating past a certain time. So I consider that all part of the circadian rhythm. What, I think, what's yeah. your cutoff time, uh, for, for stopping, uh, eating? So, uh, like, let's say seven o'clock or seven thirty depends on the season. Um, but let's say now it would be seven thirty. Okay. And then, as far as blocking uh, blue light, I know computer screens, phones, TV screens right. are one of the biggest sources of that. I have a blue light blocker on all of my screens. Exactly. Uh, where do you do? You, do you have I, a, a? Yeah, Flux is the program I use for my screen, mm -hmm. and then I have like bulbs that I use at night. Yep. And I wear red glasses as well, so. I'm not getting it uh, from, you know, because if you wear the, like uh, amber or red glasses, it's going to block out the blue light, but um, you, you still may get it from on top or the corner. So you don't want to be in like a heavily lit environment with those glasses on. But uh, so I, I combine it. Um, right. You know, I try to block it out in my environment. I put on black tape, things like that. Yeah. Uh, and then I, yeah. Um, and then I also wear those glasses. Okay. And. Uh... Um, so that's circadian rhythm was one circadian rhythm, um, reducing stress is, uh, is another one. And I actually think one of the, um, and I would say sun, uh, getting sun actually. So I, I think sleep is one of the most important things, but I think if you're taking care of your circadian rhythm, the sleep should be fine. And if you don't, you know, again, that if, if you don't have any underlying health issues, your sleep is going to be fine. Um, so the circadian rhythm, stress reduction, and sun would probably be my top three. Awesome. I, those are great answers. Uh, Joe, this has been an awesome podcast. I can't thank you enough for your time. Uh, thanks for sharing all of your, your opinions, your insight, your, your everything. So um, to all of our listeners, definitely go check out Joe if you're interested in more and, as he said, in-depth uh, knowledge. Um, also, we talked a lot about um, some Natural Stacks products today, the Krill Oil, Prebiotic Plus, Siltep, Magtech. Make sure you go to naturalstacks.com, pick those up. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys next Thursday. Okay, great. Uh, so have a great day. You've been listening to Optimal Performance Podcast. Remember, you can find show notes for every episode along with video version at optimalperformance.com. 
And also remember, Optimal Performance Podcast loves your five-star ratings. So head on over to iTunes, show us some five-star love. See you next Thursday.